Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I am a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. So today I just wanted to let you all know that the past couple episodes I released, the past two episodes, have been quite staggered and so everything that's coming out is coming out chronologically but not not too close to the time that I recorded it. So like you're probably going to hear this quite a bit later than my recording day. Just so you all know. And then also I kind of spread out the recordings and the dates that I wanted to release each episode because I'm going to be in DC. I'm leaving in a couple days and it's my first time getting out into the world since February. I'm going to see my brother for his birthday and my mom's going to be there and my brother's girlfriend and I am bringing my husband so it's going to be a really full two-bedroom apartment. Um, But yeah, my husband hasn't really ever hung out with my brother just because like our life has kind of been, he's three years younger than me, and we're just at different stages of life when I moved to New York, and like that's when my whole relationship started with my husband. It was started long distance. We were long distance for five years. Here's a little life story that came out of nowhere. Um, But yeah, my husband and I were long distance for five years, and then we got married. And now we are miraculously living together in our own house, which is great. So we're going on that trip, we're driving down, we're not taking any airfare, and that's also part of the reason why I roped my husband into it, because I didn't want to have to drive for 10 hours on my own, and then 10 hours again on my own back, and then he was going to have to quarantine from work anyways, because I'm coming from out of the state, and... Just this whole situation is messy, but I hope we have a good time with my brother. (laughs) It'll definitely be interesting. So, I wanted to just revel for a moment in that feeling you get when everything suddenly clicks. And I made an analogy to learning how to drive a stick shift a couple episodes ago. It was a really bad analogy. It just completely got off its tracks and I knew it and I I don't know why I kept it on the episode honestly unless I took it off. I don't think I did. But it was getting out of control. But it does um it does work because if you've ever learned how to drive a stick shift, you'll know what I'm talking about, I think. Um, I didn't understand it until like finally I did understand it and then it clicked and then then it was smooth sailing ever since you know like driving a stick shift is fine once you get over that learning curve so when everything clicks it's really it's a really great feeling and I am feeling that way currently with the editing process and I've said in previous episodes before, and this is just the way that I am and how my brain works and how my whole process works, but it's an up and down journey. Like I'm either really, really low or I'm really, really high. 
And today feels like a pretty good high. I just finished editing my first chapter of my book and I feel really strong about it. And I'm sure that it's, you know, not quite there yet. I'm sure I need another pass through or two or three. I don't know. But I got to the end and it was actually a funny moment because I thought the end was one thing but then I scrolled down and there was like a tiny tiny little bit of dialogue and text on the next page and when I so I when I finished it I didn't see that last bit of dialogue and I ended it in the middle there without that last bit of dialogue and I started crying now granted I am a very emotional person and I'm kind of like My hormones are out of balance and out of whack, so, like, that is definitely part of it. But, like, this is a very strong scene. And I just started crying a little bit. Okay, not a lot. And then I realized that that last bit was there, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, that's going. I saved that last little bit just in case, because it's like there's this moment where the the main um, point of view character is like, no, like, I'm not gonna let this stand like this isn't this isn't reality I'm gonna change it I'm gonna try again instead of having that I just have her like I just I just end the chapter a little tiny bit early before that moment happens where she's just kind of like at her lowest point and I felt really really good about it um and so I did I did want to take a moment to just revel in the moment when everything just starts to click. And it's really hard to describe this feeling. But I feel the more and more I get into the writing process and become a writer, an author, an unpublished author, the more and more I feel like I'm in on the greatest secret ever that nobody knows about except for writers. And it feels so cool. And that's when everything starts to click. And that's part of what was being like slowly revealed to me as I learned more and more about story grid and constructing a novel, putting the plots together, doing the crisis question, Like, that all made sense to me. That made, like, that was clear in my mind. And I'm like, okay, this is how you put together a book. This is what I've been missing this whole time. I know how to write, but I don't know how to construct a novel. Now, when I'm starting this editing process, my mother-in-law, Lisa, has been showing me even more that you can do to mess with readers that I never even knew how conscious of an effort that writers could make to just mess with the beat and the cadence and the flow and just the overall feeling of the story writing with just tweaking words. And it doesn't make sense until it clicks. So last night it clicked for me. We were focusing on this editing method that Margie Lawson's Writers Academy focuses on and I don't know if I'm supposed to go into too much detail on that so I'm not going to but it's been really helpful oh my gosh this wind is killing me 
I wish that I could just, like, even when the wind isn't blowing right into the mic, it's blowing through the trees so much that it's just, like, constant background noise, and I I am so sorry, but I have to get this out today. Like, I think this is just, like, the the last dregs of the Hurricane Laura that turned into a storm, and now it's just windy. It's not even that windy, it's just, like constant wind and it's annoying and I'm sorry what I'm trying to say is I'm in on the secret (laughs) and I don't know how to get other people in on the secret but I will tell you that it's there and once you get it it's so awesome and I can actually apply this to video games and computer games too because This is how my brain works. I don't know if anyone else does video games in the same methodical way that I do, but I have to make sure that every last room and every last, like, chest has been investigated. I have to look at every single piece of the whole, like, map of a video game. Like, I can't can't go to the next level without checking everything out and once I've checked everything out then I know the big picture in my head and then I can go forward and it's kind of very similar to how I'm learning about this editing process with Lisa so yeah I've been going through all of these um, just these little tidbits of learning and learning about this editing process specifically that she does with Margie Lawson and I am understanding it now and so I'm kind of I have this natural way of editing and so like going back to the video game analogy like these are this is my backpack these are my tools this is the items that I have in my bag you know this is what I've got and as I'm going through all the chests all of these analogies But I have to make sure, like, I can see each chest and, like, check each one out. Make sure I'm not missing anything. And as I go along, I'm adding into the backpack. So the backpack is my natural, like, editing style. And the things that I'm getting in the chests are, like, just new tools that I can use to add to my editing style. And this is is a really great revelation for me because I was getting frustrated, first of all. Um, I was getting frustrated because she was having me just dive so deep that I just wanted to like comb through the whole thing as a second draft with my own style because I know kind of what needs to happen. But she kept pushing me on this first chapter. And while I was getting frustrated, like this is why it took me over a week to do the first chapter But as I was, like, having conversations with her, and she was literally looking at the first two paragraphs, basically, and, like, a text, a dialogue in the middle. And and so I was, like, I was just getting tired of this chapter, first of all, but she kept pushing me to, like, look at the, look at the, um, tools that she's giving me and, like, figure out ways to apply those tools into my editing and she gave suggestions, and I have been 
reading up and I've been learning and storing those things in my backpack and just combing through this whole chapter over and over again. And I finally finished that chapter today and I felt so good about it and it just felt powerful. And I can't just keep sending her the same like chapter because she's going to become like blind to it. Ooh, another gust of wind is coming. It's all going through the trees. Anyways, um, yeah, I just feel really good about this process. And I feel like an insider now. I feel like, so this is what I mean by tools. I mean, um, so we're, we're focusing on the editing process that she uses and Margie Lawson created. And we are also focusing on some other items. And the main two things are this editing process and rhetorical devices. Now, I didn't really know what rhetorical devices were. I didn't realize that similes and metaphors were rhetorical devices. Makes sense, especially with all of this talk about rhetoric politically out in the, out in the world. There's all this... I didn't even realize what the word meant, honestly, and I'm a writer and I should feel ashamed for that, but I'm not because, like, sometimes you just don't know things. Sometimes it's just something you never learned. So I was connecting the dots with rhetoric and rhetorical devices and rhetorical question and simile metaphor. And like, there's a list of these devices. There's like 26 or 28 of them. And I was looking through them and I was like, oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. And those are where like, I already naturally use metaphors, similes. I don't really do uh, rhetorical questions, but I could if I Like, if I'm really getting deep into the character and I'm like, well, maybe this character is going to ask a rhetorical question. So, last night is when that clicked with rhetorical devices. I was looking over the rhetorical devices and learning about them. And I also learned that this other tool. So, like, you speed up. There are different ways to speed up your your um, the way that your your text reads, and there's ways to slow it down. And I I can't I'm not going to go too into detail with that, but one of the ways that you can make something flow when it's going slower is to use words ending in ing, which I always thought that you're supposed to just avoid ing. But in cases where, like, you're having a slower moment, you can use ING. Little things like that, little tools like that, ideas in the back of your head that you can use as you're trying to make everything flow and read really well, you can have that in the back of your mind. And you can be just thinking about that. And when you get to a spot, like I did today, where I was like, there's... There's a moment where the scene is going really fast and she's running and she's freaking out and then she gets to the place she's going and then I think that it still needs to be going fast but I realized that using shorter sentences there didn't feel like it was flowing and so I decided to slow it down, slow down that moment with these techniques like adding ING, adding longer more complex sentences, 
adding more internalizations and having that all like flow together and then just tweaking little words here and there with a thesaurus if a certain word doesn't flow with the word before it or after it. So just like little tools like that, like just felt so good to like resonate with. And if none of this has really resonated or clicked with you yet, none of this that I'm talking about in this episode, or maybe you're still struggling to find your way to that point where everything clicks, try to think of it. um, I was just trying to think of it to say it to you all in a different way. So when you write, um, the really basic nitty gritty things that you're thinking of when you're writing a scene, you're obviously trying to put yourself in that scene, but you're trying to always think about the five senses. What, what do you smell? What do you see? What do you hear? And you are maybe even thinking of metaphors and similes. I feel like those two things are the very basics of writing that we all kind of like I don't know when I've learned these things, but I know I learned them pretty early on. I knew of them. Um, Metaphors and similes, they stuck for some reason with me. I assume that they would have stuck with a lot of people who write. So these are like the very, very basics. And you're always like you always have them in the back of your mind when you write. So these rhetorical devices, these other rhetorical devices, um, learning about them can help strengthen your editing and your writing process in a way that just having like see and touch and feel and hear um, and then like similes and metaphors like that can only take you so far but then as you learn more and more tools think of them as tools in the back of your mind they're just things that you can reference whenever you need them and if you're feeling stuck if you're feeling like a certain moment isn't flowing or if it's needing something, especially if you're editing, you can use those tools and access those tools to make the writing stronger, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, th- this is something that, when I when you say rhetorical devices, there's 28 of them, all of the names are really, like, weird, I don't know how to pronounce them, like, I get overwhelmed, and I don't want to, like... I don't want to worry about them. I don't want to learn about them. I don't want to use them. But then when you realize you've already been using them, first of all, you already have some in the back of your mind. You're already integrating those into your writing. Why not learn the rest of them and make your writing even more richer? I'm pretty sure that was improper grammar. So, yeah, that's that. And, um... Apparently editing is fun. I did not realize this. I did not realize that editing is like having your lump of clay ready. Or maybe your pot is like half formed and editing is playing with it and making it making it fully formed and having fun with it and taking taking little risks here and there cuz you know you'll catch them later or whatever. And I was just listening to a podcast episode this morning um, from How Do You Write? And 
they were talking about the editing process and how much they loved it. And I was like, wow, like I am actually enjoying this editing process. I didn't realize it was a thing to look forward to because I slogged through my first draft, my draft zero, because it's not even like I don't even have all of the elements in it. Still, I have a long ways to go, guys. Like those first person scenes are going to kill me. But I did not realize that editing is fun. So maybe um, hurry up your first draft so you can get to the editing part and learn about all these things. And I'm always about Google and researching things for your writing and making your writing better. And even more so for this editing process. This process is the time where you can really dive deep into your characters and flesh out that motivation behind them, flesh out the emotions and really dive deep sentence by sentence because sometimes if you read something, you'll see that it doesn't flow automatically and you don't know how to fix it, but with those tools, you'll be able to fix it. And that's why it took me so long to do this um, first pass through. I, did, I mean, I, I read it over several times of my first chapter, but I was looking literally line by line at the motivations and the emotions and deep point of view, which is like, you are the main character. What is she seeing? What is she feeling? What is she, you know, smelling? Um, And if you're talking about her hair, you know, she's not commentating on her hair. If she's focused in on her colleague. So you're not going to say that right there necessarily. You'll have to find some other sneaky way to integrate what color her hair is, you know, like with point of view, like you really have to get super, super deep. And I think probably the deeper you go on your first pass through of editing, the easier it'll be next time (laughs) because you got to get all that worked out. You got to work out all the motivations, all of the little tiny beats and moments, which you don't think about necessarily as strongly when you're writing your first draft. Maybe you do, but it can probably be quite distracting and keep everything moving very slowly. But even just like moving a sentence three paragraphs down, taking that sentence out and putting it up three paragraphs up integrating it with a different paragraph that that one thing will make everything flow better so it's fun if you I think if you like that if you like writing I think just from the conversation I heard on the podcast episode um, on how do you write like apparently this is a fun thing to do and even though it sounds really overwhelming and it sounded overwhelming to me I did not expect to have fun with this but I am having fun with it because the emotions are coming out onto the page and I'm getting really excited and I'm crying with my characters. And that's pretty damn cool. So if you ever are reading through your edit, you're reading through your draft and there's like a black hole of, you know, this is how I, this is how I envision it. Like this is what I was saying to my mother-in-law when we were talking, I'm like, Cause she commented on, she commented on something that Felice wasn't reacting to something that her colleague said. 
And she wasn't reacting because I didn't know how to make her react. And I didn't catch that. But wherever there's a little black hole in your vision, in your mind's eye, when you're writing things out and like reading through it, if there's a black hole, there's something wrong there and you need to fix it. And if it's not flowing, there's something wrong there and you need to fix it. If it's, if you're visualizing it correctly and it's flowing, then go to the next sentence or the next paragraph or the next line of dialogue. It's super methodical. It's going to take me a million years to finish this book. I'm sorry, guys, but please subscribe so you know when it is finished. Hopefully sometime next year. I have a mailing list and it is linked on my episode description and my podcast description. And I just need your name and email and I won't email you until the book is ready. I know all of my episodes are really like all over the place. My my voice is changing all of the time and it's like never really consistent, but I appreciate you all. I'm glad that you are enjoying my journey and I hope you are enjoying your own journey as well. Thank you for listening.